Are you an entrepreneur looking to have your business grow with a little help from the internet? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Pack. Hey, welcome today to Harness the Web. And I have with me uh, Howard Berg. Howard is uh, the world's fastest reader. We're going to find out why that, you know, how he became the world's fastest reader. He, he's also appeared on over 11,000 shows. And that 11, does. 1,100. Oh, 1,100. Okay. I don't, I, I sounds good though. <laughs> I can't, I can't read my own writing. Uh, but that, does, but that doesn't include podcasts, so we don't really know how many. World's sexiest man, but that's only in my wife's opinion. <laughs> and he's a best-selling author. Um, so we're really happy to have him with us today. And uh, what did I miss? Anything? I hope not. But we'll find out as we go along. That's cool. So how, how did you become the world's fastest man? World's fastest reader. It's two answers. The short one is I read faster than everyone else, but that's probably not the one you're looking for. So I'll give you the, the, the longer version. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in the projects in Brooklyn. Very, very bad place to grow up. There were a ton of gangs, lots of muggings and shootings. I found one safe place, the library. Gang kids would rather be dead than caught in a library. So I read because that was all I could do and not get killed. And uh, I had college reading when I was 11. I chose well. I was reading the theory of relativity when I was eight. So by the time I was 17, I went to college and I studied biology. In my junior year, the last half, I got interested in the brain. And there's a field in biology called psychobiology, not psychotic, psycho. And it's the biology of behavior. And because it was my last term in my junior year, I went to the dean. He said, you can't. You're, you're a junior you have to take a four-year psych program in one year and take six science courses at the same time with two four-hour labs. And back then, lab reports were on slide rules, so it took 16 hours to do the standard deviation. So it was 40 hours a lab, 18 credits of science. And to make it interesting, I had three part-time jobs. I was working 18 hours a week. So he said, there's no way you could do that. And I did it. And I learned how to learn. I got to 80 pages a minute. I finished the psych program in one year. Then I took the graduate record exam in biology. So I reviewed 48 books in three nights, like biochemistry, cell physiology, genetics, uh, embryology. I got three questions wrong. So I was in the 99th percentile. When people ask, do you remember? I was in the 99th percentile. So then I was like, is it me? Or did I find a better way? To learn. So I got a school. I taught kids 11 to 15 how to do it. They read a 30-chapter book in Lifelong Developmental Psych, a sophomore college course. They were 11 to 15 years old. And they did it in one week. They took the CLEP, which is an AP test, and 15 out of 18 passed it in a week. So I said, now this is better. I mean, people book because I'm, I'm in Guinness, but the real story is I'm changing other people's lives for the better. It's not that I can do it. I can teach it, which is much more significant. It's like how many fish could I swallow or how many, how many people you could shove in a phone booth. It doesn't do anything. But helping people learn two, three, four times faster and understanding better, that could change everything. And, and that's what I'm doing. So, so really, it's almost like the world's fastest learner. 
Uh, yeah, that's a fair assessment. I, I did a graduate course in educational psych in seven hours. That's a five-month course. I read the book four times. The AP test was six hours. I finished in 50 minutes. I got a B plus. Didn't get an A, but I was a teacher. I just needed four credits, so I needed a C. So I wasn't worried about getting an A. I was just worried about getting those four credits because I didn't have a lot of time to get them. I was working on building my company while I was teaching. So a B plus on a graduate course in less than eight hours instead of five months and $65 instead of $5,000, I consider that a win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so you can, so you have retention as well as the speed, is that? Yes, and I'm going to teach our audience today how it's done. So they can actually increase their speed today by 20 to 40%, and I'll show them how to focus on what to learn and how to remember. We'll make it fun. We'll make it interesting, but we'll make it significant. And I'd like them to share this with the young people in their lives. Right now, there's a 50% dropout rate in four-year college and 70% in two-year, and this is not acceptable. So they'll use it to make money at work, and the kids use it to get higher grades and finish their education. So they won't live with you till they're 40, which is happening a lot. <laughs> More people have kids living with them over 25 than are married. Wow. Which is very scary, but that's an actual statistic. Yeah. So how are you going to teach us to do this? I'm going to show, well, why don't don't we do it? All right, cool. Okay, I'll start by showing them how to read faster. All right. Okay, so when this is over, get a book you've read that you understood. So the only reason you're confused is you're, is you're reading too quickly. Since you already know what you're reading and you don't know what you're reading, that means you're reading too fast. That's how you know. Time yourself. Use a smartphone or or one of your watches for one minute and read the way you always do in the first chapter. Nothing special. And at the end of the minute, take a pencil, mark off where you came. So you got a little mark in the margin. That's how far you read now. So you have an assessment. That way we can see how much better you're doing afterwards. Okay. Now the magic. Go to the second chapter of your book and read one line at a time with your hand going from the left to the right margin, one line at a time, eyes following your hand as quickly as you can comprehend. So keep speeding up till you don't know what you're reading. That's when you know you went too fast. Slow down just enough so the comprehension comes back. And for five minutes, one line at a time, as fast as you can comprehend. So is your hand on the book? Yes, touch the book. If you're on an e-reader, hover. But if you're on or a computer, you could use your mouse and have the cursor going. But ideally, you should be in a real book and, and touch the book. Now, after the five minutes, go back. No one asked that. That's a good question. Go back to the first chapter and read again as fast as you can with your hand for the minute. And you'll go about 20, 40% further. That's the first step. And the, now once you do that, like, does, does that stay with you? Well, we recommend, this is the first step. It takes two and a half hours to go 100 to 400% faster. Uh-huh. And then I tell people, practice about 16 minutes a day for a month to lock it in, to make to make it instinctive. So you don't have to think about doing it, like typing or swimming or or playing an instrument. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to think where's the chord or where's the letter A. You, you'll be better at it than when you have to stop and think 
where's the letter A, where's the C chord or whatever else you're trying to memorize. Then the next step, of course, would be what are you looking for? Okay. So there's more to it, but that'll get us started. You get Right. And I'll show you how to do that, too, if you'd like. I can show you what to look for. How do you, how do, you do that? Okay. And this is the more important – to me, this is more important than speed. Okay. Most people – really, speed reading didn't work. I, I was with Dick Cavett about 30 years ago. It's a long time ago. When MSNBC first launched, it was about 20, 30 years ago. And he was chatting with me, and he said, Woody Allen had taken Evelyn Woods and read War and Peace in five minutes. He said, that's amazing. What, did, what do you remember, Woody? And he said, it's about the Russian Revolution. That was it. And that was speed reading. It's about biology. It's, it's, it's a novel. That was what people remembered. And, and I was trying to learn science courses. I had to learn. I think learning is more important than speed. And a lot of people often say, you know, this book is so big, I don't know what to look for. What if I told you, Steve, you only learn five things. Would that help? Yeah, babe, make, it, make it a lot easier. Would it help if I told you what they were? <laughs> that, that would be even better. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Let's do that. The five things you need to learn when reading any nonfiction material, the first thing you want to look for is the words, the vocabulary. About 80% of learning a new topic is the words. So what words? The words that are bolded or italic, underlined, bolded, they don't look like the other words. The writer said, look at this, it's different for a reason. So learn the words and their meanings. Two, names. Who's in your book? What did they do? Third, any number date statistical formula. That's especially important in business. What does it do? How do you use it? Fourth, in most nonfiction books, there are headers and subheaders. Like file folders, they separate the topics. What are the five main concepts in each section? Five big takeaways. And last, questions and answers. And here's a little enrichment. If your book has questions, especially at the end, read them first. Because you get to the end of 50 pages and here are the 10 things you're supposed to know and you don't know them. If you knew ahead of time, these are the 10 things you're supposed to know. When you see them, you'll know you're supposed to know them. You'll pay more attention. So think about this. If you know every word and what it means, every person and what they did, every important number and statistic, the five takeaways in every section and the answers to all the questions, what else would you need to know? Yeah, that's, that's kind of like the cliff notes of the book. Now, here's, I'm going to do an experiment to show you how this actually works in the real world. Is that okay? Sure, yeah, that'd be great. I'd like everyone watching or listening to look around at everything colored blue where you are and memorize it. We're going to do a memory drill in a minute. Memorize all the blue stuff, like Steve's shirt. <laughs> okay, now close your eyes. And I want you to remember everything you looked at colored red. Open your eyes. And immediately your brain says, wait a minute, you said blue. And watch what happens, Steve. Blue things got bigger and louder and more noticeable. And everything, including red, disappeared. And so when we focus on these five things, they amplify just like blue and they jump off the paint. Like going in the Christmas shopping mall, there's tens of thousands of people you don't know. So you don't pay attention. And then... A face you know appears, and you say hello. 
to see that one face, you had to see 10,000 other faces. But they didn't matter to you. They weren't relevant, so the brain ignored them. But the face that had relevance and significance attracted attention. The same brain is reading. And when we make these five things relevant, just like the face in the crowd, the data pops off the page. So even though you're going quicker, it's easy to find what matters. So, so when you're looking at a book, like a textbook, how do you – are the five things – like the subheadings, how do you fare with the five? I like to do it in a table. So I'm looking for the words. I put in the word in column one and the meaning in column two. The name in column one, the accomplishment in column two. The number date statistical formula in column one, the significance of how it's used in column two. The five main ideas and I usually put in the first column like a trigger word that triggers the, the, the awareness and the idea in column two. And the questions in column one and the answers in column two. And that's your notes. And then once you've done that, you don't have to read it anymore. That's really what you came there to learn. Everything else is filler. And that so makes you, it you do that on a piece of pa- you do that on paper or on t- I always use a computer. I like to use like I use Word, but I know there are other processes. I make a two column table, and in the first column I put these items, and in the second column I put the other items. So you could do it on a pad, but I think the computer is more yeah, efficient. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could do it but on you're, a pad. You're actually you're, you're actually recording it. Yeah, I think that that helps a lot more. Than, than putting it on a pad. But either way, you're getting the same outcome. I just think the computer allows you to expand because of the way word processing works. You can, you can throw more information in and you can move around where on a pad you kind of, it's in cement. Whatever you put there, that's what's there and you can't make a lot of adjusting. Cool. That's very cool. Tell me, like you, you do a lot of work with groups or you've done work with groups in the past. Um, what kind of like who are some of those groups? What kind of impact has it had? Like that. Okay. Well, there's several. First is the student market where colleges and students right now I'm training teachers in Oklahoma and White Bead. I'm doing I'm training the entire school district on how to make learning easier. I'm gonna be doing this in Wharton, Oklahoma with the mayor's office in the spring. I just trained the special forces. And I trained the Royal Thai Army, two different events, but that one was in Bangkok and one was in Fort Bragg. And one of the things I did with the special forces was emotional intelligence. So they told me they go into these villages, they try to create allies, and the goal isn't to hurt anyone, but to pacify an area if possible. And I said, you know, sometimes things don't go well. And I told them, would you like to know the single most important question you could ask to survive if something goes wrong? And this is also in business. But their situation is more dire. If you and I have a bad day, we work late, or we have to change our vacation. They have a bad day, they got shot or killed. Yeah, yeah. So it's a much more higher level, (laughs) much, much more serious problem. So would you like to know the question I told them to ask? Happened. Yeah, what did you tell him? You're listening to Harness the Web online at harnesstheweb.net with your host, Steve Pack. We'll be right back. 
what's the next best thing I can do now? Not why is this happening to me? This isn't fair, which is what everyone does. What can I do about it? The brain is a computer. It answers the question you ask. So if you ask why I'm a loser, it'll tell you. If you ask how can I be successful, it'll tell you. A lot of people, when they learn, they're, they're thinking this way. This is stupid. Why don't you know? Especially in school, this is stupid. I don't want to learn this. And what is their brain hearing? Don't learn this. So they study all night. Next day, they don't know anything. They told their brain, it's stupid. Don't learn it. If you say, what's the next best thing I can do now? The brain will find a way to get where you need to be. And so that's an EQ issue, emotional intelligence. And if you'd like, we could go into more depth on how that affects learning and success in general. Yeah, 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 that'd be great. Well, what I'd like to do is to teach you and our audience how to wake up. A lot of people in business go to classes at night for degrees, or you have a late meeting, or you're falling asleep in a workshop. How do you wake up? So I'm going to give you a technique for instant energy. Would that help? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Now, if you're not sitting at a mic like Steve and I, could you stand up? We have to sit because we're by mics who won't hear us. <laughs> you know, we know the left side of the brain controls which part of our body, Steve? The right side. I think and the you right said left, side yeah. controls. <laughs> the other side. <laughs> right, what's left? Which is left. So here's what I'd like you to do. And you could do this sitting down if you want, Steve. Everyone, else, it would work better if you're standing, guys and gals. Put, take your left hand, touch your right shoulder, right hand, touch your left. Sort of alternate like the Macarena without the music. Perfect. Same thing now. Touch left hand to right knee and right hand to left knee. And you'll notice if you're standing, you have to think a little more because both parts of your brain are doing something. Now raise your right hand and put your thumb in your hand and say this like you mean it. I feel great. I feel great. Like you mean it. I feel great. <laughs> okay. And then pull your hand down and say yes. Yes. Because you can't create a state that isn't there. If you don't feel it, it isn't going to happen. We're going to do three sets of these. When you're done, I'll show you how to wake up using this. Ready? Yep. Starting with shoulder taps, go at my speed. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight. Knee taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? feel great. Great. Yes. Do it again. This time a little faster. Show the taps. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? I great. feel great. Yes. As fast as you can possibly go now. Ready? Shoulder tap. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? Great. I feel great. Yes. <laughs> feel great. Sit down. Give yourself a hand. Smile. Now, do you know what happens when you do this three times? Nothing. <laughs> you probably would like something. So let me show you how to do that. Remember Pavlov? He rang a bell, he fed a dog. He rang a bell, he eventually rang the bell, the dog drooled. You don't want to drool, but you do want energy. Studies show habits take 90 days, not 30 days, 90 days. 
So do this every day for 90 days. Now you're in an important meeting and you're getting tired. You don't want to stand up and tap your shoulders. It won't help. But you can grab your thumb and say to yourself, I feel great, yes. And that's your bell. Every time you did this, you stimulated the left, the right, both together. You went quicker and quicker. You got more blood going. You woke up. And now when you want to remember that state, I feel great, yes, we'll trigger it. So we can create states for relaxation, for being awake, for focus, concentration, even genius. And then when you need to be in the state, you can create it. Now, here's an important question, Steve, in business. People need to create states. Often people tell us what to do, but we're in the wrong state to do it successfully. For example, I teach you to drive. You're ready for your road test, and you failed. Why did you fail? It was a test. I got nervous. What if I taught you to stay relaxed and not just how to, to, how to drive, but how to stay relaxed taking the test? How many more of my students would graduate? So in business, those watching, what are you do, doing to give people information on how to create a state that will help them do what you're telling them and get rid of states like anxiety taking a test that can interfere? If you think about it, a lot of the returns and unsatisfied customers we have are people who are in the wrong state to do what we told them. That's what's happening. It's not in any business books, but that is a big business issue. Huh. That's interesting. It, which Now this makes me think, like, we, in terms of, like, our education, could this be used in the schools to teach kids to be more successful? Like basically to become successful, they could control their state. They could, could they could do a lot. Let me give you specific examples. Because I own the school. Here's some of my students' accomplishments. Justin Brummett was a C student at 11. We taught him how to do this at 15. He finished high school. 17. He had his associate's degree. 19. His BA. 21. Masters in English. 22. He's an English professor. Tarrant Community College. Uh, Stephen Terry passed the bar in California at 19. His 15-year-old sister will be the youngest person in history. She was in a first-year law school at 15. His 17-year-old brother's in a second-year law school. His 22-year-old brother's a pilot to Southwest and an attorney. Uh, Micah Stanley graduated University of Texas Arlington at 16, 4.0, GPA, economics degree. 16, 4.0, master's degree in math at 19 with a 397 GPA. Backstory, he never got a B before. He didn't know what to tell his mom. I said, Stephen, you had a 4.0 at 16, a 397 master's in math at, at 19. I think she'll keep you. And she made him promise never to do that again. And he was a, <laughs> he's a professor now at Yale. He's at Yale. He's a professor. Uh, one of my these were students, kids who... Like, where were they coming from? Were they just kind of like... We had a homeschool, high school, junior high. It was all online, and the students would learn. Before we taught them any subject, we taught them the course subject, reading, writing, memory, math, how to study, what to look for, how to find it, how to make sense out of it when it was confusing, how to remember it, which we'll cover next, how to stay in state. We had a special ed student. Third grade reading in ninth grade. They were teaching her to say, welcome to Walmart. That was her career path. 
So we got done with her. She had a two-year degree with a 4.0 when her high school friends finished high school, went to Baylor on a full scholarship, went for a master's degree and graduated 22 with a master's. This is a special ed student. So when you ask, can it help students? I'm going to say yes, because we, every kid in our school had scholarships. We had um, one kid got into all three service academies. It was just an amazing experience. And that's why I'm doing these things, to tell people there is a solution for the trouble kids are having in school and for the feeling of being overwhelmed in business, the new laws, rules, regulations. I, I read the healthcare bill on Cavuto in 50 minutes. It was 1,500 pages. Did an analysis that every prediction I had happened. That's important in business. Staying on top of the new trends, the, the news, the current events, like the tariffs will affect a lot of people. Or the healthcare bill affects people. You have to be able to read. Being able to learn the new technologies that affect your industry. And then there's the core business skills like communicating and just being able to market and sell. And so these things take time. And in a lot of businesses like medicine and law, you have to go back for courses to keep your license current. I cut the time in half that it takes to learn. They have more time to do other things they'd rather be doing and remember and understand better so they make fewer mistakes and more money. And then the seniors use this to stay mentally fit because studies show reading helps people in their 80s to, to offset Alzheimer's and dementia. It doesn't cure it, but people who stay mentally active show a lower onset of mental deterioration. So it's for everybody. You get it for your business. You give it to your kids and your parents. Everybody wins. And that's what I'm trying to do, make a better world by helping people learn. And if you look at the news, do you think there's too many smart people making too many good decisions? Nobody's told that to me. I'm not pointing anything But I don't think that's our number one problem. And a lot of people think competition is the answer. No. We succeeded as a species because of cooperation. One person couldn't take down a mastodon, a tribe could. We face challenges today as a culture that are global. And even places we're not fond of, we need to cooperate with to solve some of these problems. And it's not going to come from bombs and bullets. It's going to come from learning and understanding. And I found a way to double and quadruple the rate people learn in a few hours. So I feel there's a responsibility to get it out there because it can make a difference. Like Stephen might figure out how to balance the budget. Or we had a medical student at 19 might find a cure for cancer. Because they can read a, we had an 84-year-old read three books in, in, in three hours. So let's say a normal person in business could spend 20 minutes a day for three days and learn a new business skill every day for a year. That's 100 skills a year. Every year, year after year after year, what would that do to their business? And if people are doing this all over the world, we could start finding answers to some of these problems like climate change and, 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 and financial challenges that we have and energy challenges. It's, it's going to come from people learning. So we can and that's what I feel my job is. Yeah, so, we could, so you could take a person – so they could process basically information, learn the information, and then do something with it. That's the that's it. And do something. 
You want to see real magic, not a trick. I mean, not of mirrors. I'm going to, there's actually real magic in the world. And most people just don't see it. Look around you. Everything that exists that wasn't part of nature was a thought. The table, the chair, the clothes I'm wearing, everything was a thought. And they became things. Magic is turning thoughts into things. How do we do that? We learn information, we connect the dots, we envision a plan to make it happen, and we create our idea. That's how people succeed. And so if you can read 10 books instead of one book, you have 10 times more opportunities. If you read 100 books instead of 10 books, you have 100 times the opportunities. And that's what I'm looking at. It's what we, every decision we make is based on what we know. If you understand better, you learn more, and then you retain it and can use it when you need it. That can change everything. And if you'd like, I could show you how to remember. Yeah, show us how to remember, and and then we'll have to wrap up, okay? That'll be fine. (laughs) I'm going to give you 10 things to remember. I won't show you how so you can see how well it works without the system. Then I'll show you how it Instantly, not only you remember, this is a tool, and I'll show you how to use it for the rest of your life. You ready? Yep. Here are the 10 things that I don't think you'll be able to remember right now. Pole, shoes, tricycle, car, glove, gun, dice, skate, cat, and bowling pins. I'm willing to bet you and our audience don't know all 10 things yet. Yeah, I, I don't. I know. <laughs> but you will. In three minutes, you'll know them backwards and forwards effortlessly. Would you like to see how? Sure, yeah. The Greeks discovered thousands of years ago a shortcut for memory. Take a list you know. Take the list you want to learn. Put them together, and it takes less time. I'm going to use the numbers from 1 to 10 because I'm willing to bet you and our audience can count to 10. Am I on safe ground here? Most of us can. I like <laughs> Most of them, I'll agree with that. I taught in New York City for a while. And that was a challenge for a lot of them. Okay. So the number one looks like a pole, like a flagpole or a lamp pole. One. So when I and this is important, when I say it, you'll repeat it. You remember 90% of what you say and do, only 10% of what you read. So one pole, say it. One. One pole. Perfect. Two. How shoe is shoes? How many shoes do you wear? Two. What's two? Shoes. One. Paul. Perfect. Three is a tricycle. How many wheels on a tricycle? Three. What's three? Tricycle. Two. Uh, Shoes. One. Paul. Getting it. If you make a mistake, that's how the brain learns. It's fine. You'll be fine. You'll get it in a second. Four is a car. How many tires on a car? Four. What's four? Car. Two. Uh, (laughs) Shoes. One. Paul. Three. Tricycle. They're all over the map. It's not mattering. Five is a glove. How many fingers in a glove? Five. What's five? Glove. Three. Tricycle. One. Pole. Getting smarter. Six gun. They like like a cowboy. They like them in Texas. Six gun. What's six? Uh, gun. Four. Uh, car. Two. Shoes. Perfect. Seven's lucky in dice. Seven's dice. Seven's lucky in dice. What's seven? Uh, dice. Five. Uh, glove. Three. Tricycle. One. Paul. You're almost done. Rhymes work. Say eight skate. Eight state? Eight skate. Like roller skate. Eight, eight skate. skate. What's eight? Skate. 
Six was uh, what I live in Texas. Guns. Four. Car. Two. Uh, shoes. We're almost there. Nine lives for a cat. Nine is a cat. What's nine? A cat. Seven is lucky in. Dice. Five. Glove. Three. Tricycle. One. Pole. Last one. Ten. How many pins in an alley in a bowling alley? Ten. What's ten? Uh, bowling alley. Bowling pins. Bowling, 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 yeah. Okay, one. Pole. Two. Uh, shoes. Three. Tricycle. Four. Uh, car. Five. Glove. Six, Texas. Gun. Seven, lucky in. Um, dice. Eight rhymes with. Skate. Nine is a. Oh, man, I don't know nine. Nine lives. Oh, a cat. And ten. Pins. Now, here's how to use it. Imagine you're in business. You go to a hotel. You forget the hotel room. Happens every day. I turn numbers into pictures. I'm in room 314. Tricycle, pole, car. Picture this. A tricycle hits a pole on a car. See it. A tricycle hits a pole on a car. Tricycle, what number? Two. Tricycle. Oh, three. It's a pole. One. On a car. Four. That's also the value of pi in geometry. So you can use it in science and math. You can use it in history and in business to learn due dates, percentages, phone, anywhere there's a number. And 10 bowling pins is a zero. If you need a, a, something for a zero, 10 bowling pins. So now you know how to speed learn numbers. That's awesome. Thank you. By the way, if people go to berglearning.com, berglearning.com, and they put in Steve 10, Steve 10. You can try any of my programs with a 10% discount. There's some free lessons. Try it out. See if you like it. I think you will. You'll find it very helpful. And we offer a total satisfaction guarantee. And if people need help, we have a support team. And if they can't help, I help. We want to make sure people actually get what they pay for. And if they don't, we give them their money back. So we don't make a lot of refunds because we make sure you learn the program for two reasons. We want to, we want to be able to get paid, and we also want you to get the, the, the value that you paid for. And if we can't do that, then we don't want to take your money. That's, that, I'm a Rotarian. We're supposed to actually do what we say. That's awesome. Um, so they can go to berglearning.com. B-E-R-G, Berg could be spelled with a U, but it's yeah, yeah. B-E-R-G, learning.com uh, forward slash. No, that's it. Just berglearning.com. Okay, cool. And uh, put in, when you when, try some of the free lessons, and if you decide to get it, which I'm sure you will, put Steve 10 in the coupon, and you'll get 10% off. Cool. And remember, if you need help, contact us. We'll make sure you learn Use it with your kids so they finish school and don't live with you till they're 40. Use it in business to make more money and have more time. And give it to your parents so they don't turn into vegetables and they can't think what their name is anymore, which is happening to too many older people. So it's a win for everyone. And uh, let's make a better world. You know, I'm a grandparent. It terrifies me to see what's happening in our world today. These kids are faced with problems that are almost un, 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 unsolvable. But I believe the solutions are there for people who can think and learn. 
And that's what I'm doing. I, I want everyone to reach their full potential, whatever it is. We all benefit when everyone gets smarter. No one's saying, I wish I knew less today than I knew yesterday. I've never heard that. <laughs> so go to birdlearning.com and start learning faster. I showed you some tra- strategies today so you know for sure they work. And everything I teach is that simple because otherwise it's just a new problem. The solution should be easier than the problem or it's a new problem. So please try it. Share it with your children and your 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 elder members of your family and everyone will be better. We'll have a better world as a result. That's my, that's my real goal. I want to make a living, but I want to do it in a way that helps and makes a difference. Howard, thank you so much. It was awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was really great. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Fack. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit HarnessTheWeb.net. We'll see you next time.